1: Love Talk Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the BHITB podcast. This is your host, Dante Fortson. Today, we're going to be talking to Tao Ministries. We're going to be talking about some Hebrew history today. We're going to be talking about some of their history in Europe and how they ended back in Africa. But before we get to that, make sure you go to the BHITB website at blackhistoryinthebible.com. Uh, make sure you subscribe for future updates of the podcast, different studies coming out uh, you'll get a free book as well, so make sure you click your confirmation link once you sign up. A couple more announcements real quick before we jump into the show. Uh, there is a evidence section over the last week or so I've been adding to it. Wednesday just had a major update to the evidence section. It's been getting shares like crazy, uh, so make sure you check that out. There's another update coming Wednesday with even more evidence, uh, so make sure you don't miss that. And then also the audio-video section over the last, Maybe two weeks I've been adding little by little to that, uh, but there is an update today. Uh, six new video teachings have been added. Um, a couple of them are from Teo Ministries, and a couple of them are from Pastor Omar at School of the Hebrews. Uh, so if you haven't heard those teachings, go to the audio-video section and check those out. And the final announcement before we get into today's show is the outreach team. I've been kind of hinting at it, asked a few questions about it, took a poll on it to see who was interested. Uh, so some of the stuff for the outreach team will begin rolling out this coming week uh, little by little, so make sure you're on the lookout for that. And if you have not already become a patron, make sure you sign up on Patreon, Uh Great giveaway for those who sign up at the all-access level, so make sure you check that out. That giveaway expires on Monday. All right, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring Tao Ministries on the line so we can go ahead and jump into today's show. Tao, can you hear me? Yeah, hey, Dante. How's it going? Uh, I'm going great. How you doing today? Doing pretty good. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into this. We're going to be talking <coughs> about the, you know, the history of the Hebrews in Europe, So let's start with how did the Hebrews end up in Europe in the first place?
0: Okay, so like uh, when you do the research, you'll find out that a lot of our people were in commerce. So, you know, a lot of the history that you hear about the fake Jews, you know, how they were in commerce and selling things, jewelry and all these type of things, our people did that. Our people were in Portugal, they were in London, they were in the Netherlands, they were selling things, right? We were and just think about it too, right? If you look at the Bible you see that our people traveled all over the place and they would have to come back uh, you know, uh to Israel, uh for the for the Passover and things like that, right? So our people always were all over the world, they were dealing in commerce.
1: All right, so now in this in the commerce that they were doing did they run into cultures? Oh, let me let me back this up. In the Revelation, it talks about the synagogue of Satan. Of course, we know some of the some of the history of our people has been now um, appropriated by them. Is this how they came into the knowledge of who the Hebrews were through this commerce, or was it through invasion?
0: So yes, initially, uh, what happened was a lot of those people they converted, right? They they converted to our religion, which is how they ended up knowing our traditions and uh, our culture, and they learned so much about who we who we are, right? And so um, you know, over time, you know, they even if you read in the Bible, you will see that uh, even during the time of excuse me, during the time of Esther there were people who converted uh, to what we call Judaism. They didn't want to die because what happened was when Esther and Mordecai and everyone started taking over, uh, a lot of people started converting because they didn't want to die. And you get a, a bigger picture of that uh, from the Apocrypha than you do from uh, the 66 books that we talk about.
1: And so just to let you
0: know, yeah, just to give you an example uh of of, like for instance when they were in poland right um uh, and i'm gonna read this this is this is from uh, black jews in poland and it says as regards the negro origin of the jew count adam gorowski of poland says numbers of jews have the greatest resemblance to the american mulattoes sallow carnation complexion thick lips crisp black hair of all the Jewish population scattered over the globe, one-fourth dwells in Poland. So you see right here, this is a white guy in Poland. His name was Count Adam Gorowski. Mentioned that there were a lot of mulattoes, just like today, like in America, right? We're mixed, right? Because we've been living amongst these people. And um, you, you can go and find all of these. And, uh, you know, we, you can get the references because uh, you can come to either my site or Dante's site to
1: find a lot of these things we're going to be talking about. All right, now that's interesting I I didn't know that they believed that that many Jews or Hebrews lived in Poland Uh, So now I understand what you were saying about them not wanting to die So they converted to Judaism in Esther's day So kind of coming further into history Why did it change from them just wanting to adopt the religion of the Jews To them wanting to take over the entire culture of the Hebrews?
0: So from my research what I see and and there's a lot of debate on this uh but that Esau who's you know was our brother right he intermingled with Japhet right and so Esau always wanted to retain his birthright he wanted to get it back so if you look at the history uh of you know and you're going to get a lot of this in the apocrypha and, and in the pseudopitographia, you will find out that uh people like Zepho Zepho went in to Rome he ended up being like a general in the Roman army, and then uh, the people loved him so much because he was such a great conqueror that Zephyr ended up ruling Rome. Now, in those, they call it Kittim. So you, if you read that, you would talk about how he invaded Kittim, and, and then it talks about how it was in the islands of Italia. We know that's Italy, right? So uh, that's, that's what happened. Now,
1: that's interesting. So, so Zephyr... He ended up uh ruling in italy um is do you believe that that may be the source of um I know a lot of people say that Italians may be part black or they consider Italians somewhat black is is that where that come from from the Zepppho reign well,
0: here's the thing uh you know in my opinion from the research right, everyone was black, okay everyone came from a black man. just think about it, everyone was of the same family. Now, you know you can't get black from white, but you can get white from black. Okay, so everyone was of color at some point. Now, somewhere down in history, people started to change. Now, some people believe the change occurred, you know, at at the Tower of Babel when God confused their languages. Not only did he confuse their languages, he changed the way they look, right? And they became a unique people, and and so they they scattered. i I adhere more to that now. The other uh, thing is that the scriptures talk about uh, people, you know, who had what we call leprosy, who became white, right? And so some people, uh, you know, were cursed to remain white, right? Now, I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just talking from a biblical historical perspective, okay, that white was a curse, okay? Now, think about this for a second. Okay, black folks could go out there and work in the fields all day long, stand out in the sun, and they don't get cancer, right? A white person cannot stand out there. Their skin will start to peel, which goes to show you they were not slaves in Egypt because they couldn't survive, okay? So, uh, you know, just from a logical historical viewpoint, we know that they could not survive in that heat.
1: So, Yeah, and to add into to what you're saying to that, if um, if anybody wants to Google it and do the research, if you look at the people in Israel now, they have the second highest rate of uh melanoma in the world and that's a deadly skin cancer and i'm with you on that if if they belonged in that place in the in the first place they they wouldn't have had white skin uh to begin with now let's talk a little bit about you you mentioned leprosy and i do want to put this in context for the people first time hearing this discussion um can you can you talk about the difference between leprosy vitiligo and albinism the way it's used in the bible because it's all classified under leprosy but it's all different yeah, so like
0: a lot of times the Bible will talk about lepros, right? And then it will talk about leprosy. And so a lot of times if you look at uh, the Bible, in the Bible they were sending people out of the camp uh, for like a few days or weeks or whatever it was to see what happens while they're out. And then so like if if it doesn't get worse, if they like let's say the, the skin just stays, you know, white or whatever and there's no other issues then they let them back into the camp. So uh, you know, that's how they handled it as a disease. Now, uh, vitiligo, uh, like what they say Michael Jackson had, um, you know, that is what they call lepros, right? And so that's where they, they, they their skin colors would change. They, you know, you see that today, uh, and it's not albinism. This is where your skin starts to change. Well, where, where you see some people like half black, half white, right? That's what they call vitiligo right and all of that disease is all interrelated right now according to the bible it was it was a curse right a lot of times it was a curse and so like you saw with Moses as a miracle to pharaoh Moses stuck his stuck his hand into his uh, his coat pulled it back out it was white as snow put it back in it went back to its normal color what could that normal color be
1: a person of color right logically speaking so all right, perfect. Yeah, I just want to get out, get that out there for people listening for the first time. Now let's let's start talking about uh, how how did the e- Hebrews ended up coming uh, mostly out of Europe and really starting to migrate into Africa? What led to that? Well, before we get there, um, I just want to say
0: that what happened was, you know, we were in Africa first, right? When Rome sacked Jerusalem, we had to run away, right? We couldn't go north, we couldn't go. East we had to go west, right, and every time in the Bible, you would see that our people would leave and go west into africa and so uh when you look at history right uh you know you're gonna do what your ancestors did and and plus that was the only only path of escape was in west into Africa so uh, our people if you look at history, you got um uh people like Eldad the Danite. Right, he he was from the tribe of Dan, and the tribe of Dan is like in that area where we 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 call the Falasha Jews, where they're at. Right, that's where the tribe of Dan was known to be in Africa. So from there, you know, our people have been there for a long time, even since the Syrian captivity. Uh, you know, they were some of us went to Africa, the northern tribes, and so what happened was our people built up a life in Africa. Now we spread out and went in to uh Europe. Okay. And so um just to let you know, just to uh so so just to let you know that um well I'll I'll get back to that later on the leprous thing. I was gonna uh, say something about that but anyway, uh so there's a, a a book and in it and like I said I'll give you the references later. Um this one for some of them, I'll, I'll give them later, because I know we have a short time. But this one is from the Atlas Geographus or a Complete System of Geography Africa, Volume 1. It says, uh, Leo, Leo says, the ancient Africans had stately temples where they worshipped the sun and fire and always kept the latter burning. Those of Libya and Numid- Numidia sacrificed to a certain planet, but those of Negro land, which is where our people were taken from, worshiped the Lord of heaven, okay? And so um, Numidia Numidia was an ancient Berber kingdom of the Numidians located in what is now Algeria and a smaller part of the Tunisia and Libya in the Berber world, which is in North Africa. So our people, even according to this, and you can look up those references, were in Africa, now, they ended up in Europe because of trade, and, and you can get that, you know, when you when you start doing the research, you'll find out that our people did a lot of trading. And so, you know, a lot of times we hear about the Ashkenazi Jews, and we hear about the Sephardic Jews, and the Askenazi Jews are German converts, and Dante, you've done a, a great study on that, about how they are Japheth and that they are Gentiles, right? They, that they are descendants of Askenaz, who's a descendant of Japheth. And so uh, the Sephardic Jews were black Africans, and I'm going to prove this, right? So uh, this is a book. It's called Portuguese in West Africa. It's from 1415 to 1670. It says the Portuguese in West Africa brings together a collection of documents, the majority in New English translation that illustrate aspects of the encounters between the Portuguese and the people of North and West Africa, This period witnessed the diaspora of the Sephardic Jews, the immigration of Portuguese to West Africa and the islands and the beginnings of the black diaspora associated with the slave trade. The documents show how the Portuguese tried to understand the societies with which they came into contact and to reconcile that experience with the myths and legends inherited from classical to medieval learning. So we see here that they went to Africa, the Sephardic Jews, right, and that they were black Africans, right? And and so there's a history there, and, and you know, you stop me when you want, Dante, but there's a history there of uh, our interactions in Portugal, right? And so he, here's what happened in Portugal, right? And I'm going to read this. This is from America being an accurate description of the New World by John Ogilvie. This is page 574. It says, The Portuguese that dwelt on the island in the Netherlands, that lived about 50 years there, yet notwithstanding the great gain tempted them to tarry several of them, having two or three hundred Negroes that worked in the sugar mills, that John and the third king of Portugal sent a colony thither above 200 years before, whom through the wholesome air destroyed, yet the place was not left desolate. For they sent new inhabitants who, who settled in Guinea, right? Guinea is in Africa, next to Angola. We know that's in Africa. And lastly, on the island of St. Thomas, that is Sao Tome, which is an island right out of Africa, that so they might be the better of us to the air. Say, so what they're saying is that they could breathe the air better. That the said king sold all those Jews for slaves, that refused to embrace the Roman religion. So during this time Rome was in control of Europe. Israel was living in Portugal and living in other parts of Europe. But because Israel did not want to convert to Roman Catholicism, they started sending us back to Africa. And 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 what happened is and we'll we'll see this if we get to it, what happened was they, they sent uh a lot of the mixed people, the mulattoes, to Sao Tome. So the the mulattoes were mixed with the Portuguese and with the Africans, right? They were still Hebrews,
1: and they were sent to Sao Tome. All right, now I'm I'm glad you brought that up because um, some of the research that uh, we've been pulling up for a while is all starting to point towards the fact that they knew that we were in West Africa uh, before the slave trade started. So, do you believe that they? were aware of this information, or did they just go to the the coast and indiscriminately start grabbing who they thought were Africans for the slave trade?
0: Dante, this conspiracy was so huge, man. These guys knew who we were. They knew we were God's people, and they targeted us, dude. So the question is this. Who are these people, right? These people got to be the synagogue of Satan, right? They are at war with the Most High Yah. Okay. I'm going to read this for you, okay? This is from Letters Descriptive of Travel Through West and South Barbary and Across the Mountains of Atlas by James Gray Jackson, page 187. Yahudi, okay, that refers, that's what they used to call us, Yahudi, Yahuda, And, and from what I've, I've seen is that Yahudi is sort of what the Arabs and the Muslims used to call us, right? And it's short for, you know, I guess it's a, a, a play on the word for Judah, what they call us Judah. So Yahudi, a place of great trade, this place is reported to be inhabited by one of the lost tribes of Israel, possibly an immigration from the tribe of Judah, Yehuda, In African Arabic signifies Judah, Yahudi signifies Jew. It is not impossible that many of the lost tribes of Israel may be found dispersed in the interior regions of Africa. When we shall become better acquainted with that continent, it is certain that some of the nations that possessed the country eastward of Palestine, when Israelites were a favorite nation, have emigrated to Africa. So they knew where we were. They knew they they knew who they were taking.
1: And I, I agree. I, I believe they fully knew and. The more I'm starting to, to put this stuff together, the more research you guys are putting out, the more it's starting to make sense because in Revelation we get that warning, the, um, and I believe that the words specifically chosen in Revelation 2.9 and 3.9 are, are for a purpose because he mentions that he knows our poverty, and this is a huge difference from the Ashkenazi who are rich, and it says the borrower shall be servant to the lender. So as we start to look into this, we see that the Ashkenazi financed the slave trade in the 1600s to get the Hebrews away from Africa over to America. And so since then, America has supported the Ashkenazi. We know that in, um, World war, in the World War that the Ashkenazi lent money to help England win the war in exchange for the land of Israel. So we keep finding the Ashkenazi is behind everything that's happening to our people, the um, appropriation of the culture, the appropriation of the land, and I'm with you. I do believe that they are the synagogue of Satan. So if they are the synagogue of Satan, what are the worldwide implications of what's going on right now, spiritually and, I guess, um, physically for the world?
0: Well, you know, the biggest thing is
1: the big
0: the big secret, right, which is who we are, right? This is what Freemasonry is hiding. Most of us thought that Freemasonry, the big secret of Freemasonry was the fact that, you know, they need some secret Egyptian occult knowledge, which they do, right? But the big secret of Freemasonry is who we are, the people that they've enslaved around the world, right? And so they continue this from generation to generation, okay? And so the question is, uh, the the white American uh, church member, what is your position in this, right? Because because a lot of you know the Bible says that the devil deceives the whole world, right? Not only did he deceive us, who are the people who are, who have been hidden, right? Which is all according to prophecy, right? But but he's deceived those uh, into persecuting us who call themselves Christian. Now you have KKK members who call themselves Christian. Now they worship a different God because the the God of the Bible. And, and I know you all are going to say, well, it doesn't matter if God is black, if Jesus was black or not, but the God of the Bible was a black man. The tribe of Judah was a group of black people, which was a family, right? It has to do with family, right? So, like, if you say the Smith family is black, is that racist because the Smith family happened to be black? If, so if I say Judah, or let's say Israel, which incorporates all 12 tribes, were black, am I being racist because I'm saying that there are black people? No, I am not. It is the truth, okay? So what they're doing is they, they've, they, they, they've manipulated the world so that they can do these things to us because they could not get the buy-in from those who call themselves Christian because Christianity spread across the whole world, right? So in order for them to persecute us, we had to be hidden, and we had to be redefined, right? So now we're just Africans. We're those, those monkeys in the jungles. Who needed us to bring them into civilization
1: Now now that that's an interesting point Because I've, I've started looking into this And I haven't shared this research yet But I started looking into the name change And how we went from You mentioned Yehudi And then um, how they mentioned That we were sent to Sao Tome And we were called Negroes They associated the, the Hebrews and the Negroes together And we had Negro land And when we first came over here If you look in uh, some of the old newspapers where it talks about slaves for sale, it refers to us as Negroes. And then over time, we went from being called Negroes to black or African-American, and as you mentioned, other racial terms like monkeys and stuff like that. But over time, as we've gotten closer to the Internet age, it seems that they've tried to disassociate us from the word Negro more and more because eventually it links back to the truth. And this is kind of off topic, but since you brought up uh, Christianity and um, them worshiping a different God, I've been leaning towards this, but I want to hear your opinion on it. Do you believe that Christianity is the final world religion that everybody's been so up in arms about coming in the last days?
0: You know, when you look closely at it, because the Bible says there was going to be a deception that, if possible, could deceive the very elect. Now, you know, some people say, well, that because of the miracles of the antichrist and false prophet or whatever. But you know, for something to be so close to the truth, it, you know, it, you know, I always used to ask myself, it has to be something close to what we believe, right, in order to, if possible, deceive the very elect. And so, I do believe that Christianity, and and I want to you know put a caveat out there i i'm talking about european christianity right their interpretation their doctrines uh of the of the scriptures is the danger right because uh even though and i must i must say this they have the understanding of the gospel right salvation is by grace through faith right that is true but then when you whitewash it Right now you're deceiving everybody into the truth of what happened in the scripture and who the people are. Right, because there's a targeted campaign against the people. So it, it, hit, hit and think of this, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but you know when, when when the Lord Jesus is judging the nations, and they're gonna say, Lord, didn't we do all these wonderful things in your name, and in, in your name's cast out devils, and in your name do many wonderful works? Now these are people doing what we would call Christian works, right? And he's going to say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Why? He says, Because of what you've done to my brethren. What you've done to my brethren, which is my people. What did you all do who you think you're a Christian, you're doing these works to please the Most High, what did you do to his people? But that's what the scripture said."
1: Yeah, and I'm 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 glad you mentioned that because the the more I start to dig into modern day Christianity, it, it's very 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 close to the truth, but it keeps everybody just one layer above truth. And real quick about the elect. I'm glad you brought that up because I've been trying to look at that verse because much of what we've been taught comes from European interpretation of the scriptures, and over my entire life, I, I was taught that the elect were Christians, Christian believers. But now when I go back to Matthew 22 and I look at the parable of the um, the wedding feast, and he called specific people, and, well, he chose specific people, and then when they didn't come, he called everybody else. And he says at the end, many are called but few are chosen. And I looked up that word elect, and it refers to a specifically chosen people. Now, the Hebrews were chosen, but the everybody else was called because the the chosen didn't come like they were supposed to. Now, the point where I'm going with this is it says that the elect or the chosen, if it were possible, they would be deceived. And I personally believe that understanding that the Messiah is a man of color, a black man, is going to be why we're not deceived by the, the, the Antichrist or the beast. We're not deceived by him because we are starting to understand that Whatever possible European guy That shows up on the scene Making the claim to be Christ Is not going to be Christ Even though he shows these Lying signs and wonders Do you think it's possible That race itself Is going to play a role In recognizing Or differentiating Between the true Messiah And the false Messiah to come
0: You know Dante I don't see how it cannot be Because race is such a divisive issue Right that uh, Like you know Let's say, it, it, like, for instance, if, 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 and this is a bad example probably, but let's say somebody, you know, who was the Messiah, just happened to appear to be black. There are a lot of people we know, the KKK members, the the, the Christian identity people, they're not going to, they're going to say he's not the Messiah because he's black, right? And now this white guy who has gold hair, blue eyes, and all this stuff, the ones that, that really look like Kessicato, right, if you go and look at the history of that, That's the one they're going to follow because he looked like the Jesus that they've been programmed to follow. So, yes, I do believe that 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 is a a possibility that they will follow that uh, Antichrist person who is going to be a
1: Gentile. All right, perfect. We are almost out of time, and I do want to give everybody one verse to think about in context of what we were just talking about, what Christ said in Luke chapter 12, verse 51. He said, Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth. I tell you nay but rather division and it may be partly because of a lot of things but I believe him choosing to be a black man may have played a huge role in what he was saying just speaking on his race separates those who really don't care about race from those who do and you can tell by how they react to it so before we get out of here Uh, Let everybody know how to get in touch with you um, on YouTube and your uh, Ning site.
0: So you can uh, search for Tail Ministries on YouTube, and there's some links under each one of the videos to our Ning site. Uh, Ning, we have a article section. I put some references in there that we discussed today and some other things that, you know, if you want to go look at it and start doing your own research. And you need to tell your other people also about who we are in the history and what's happening, right? Because we're being targeted
1: in Chicago and around the world, so we need to wake up. All right. Awesome. And everybody, make sure you uh, set reminders every Wednesday. And... Saturdays for now. We'll keep you updated on those. We'll be doing more interviews to come. Make sure you visit the BlackHistoryInTheBible dot com website for more information. And remember, there's a huge video update today. So if you want to catch some more stuff from Tail Ministries, T E O T W on YouTube, or you can go to BlackHistoryInTheBible com and there are links to their YouTube page. Thank you for tuning in today.